Hi, and welcome to Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We are committed to serving our community and the community abroad. We pray that the word you are about to hear will be a blessing to your life and that you allow the Holy Spirit to open your heart and receive what the Lord is speaking to you. Well, Merry Christmas to everyone. You guys doing well? It's good to see you. You sound good. You look good. And it's going to be a great day. You know, I absolutely love the Christmas season. It, um, there was a period in my life where I didn't like it, and then God changed my heart because I realized it was more than just getting trinkets and, and gifts and the little revolving toy guns as a kid. I don't know if you guys remember those, but um, that's what my mom would give me back in the day. And as I get older, it's shifted a little bit because now people are like, what do you want for Christmas? And my response is nothing. I really don't want anything for Christmas. And the parents will understand this because you get to experience your kids enjoying their Christmas morning, right? The Christmas morning of like, it's 6 a.m. And you went to bed at 2 a.m. from wrapping gifts. Some of y'all like, honey, that was last year. And the joy, and, and you know, the kids, they run in, and it's like, Mom, Dad, it's, it's Christmas morning. And you're like, no one is opening up a gift until I've had five cups of coffee, and I've eaten breakfast. And then we read the Christmas story, and then we put the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation on the TV. <laughs> but Christmas, there's something about Christmas. The, the lights, the carols, the, the season... The Christmas trees, the angels, even some of the songs that we were singing today. O come, O come, Emmanuel. There's something about Christmas that does something inside of us. It seems very magical. But I would argue with you that is it magical or is it a miracle? Is it magical or is it a miracle? Because 2,000 years ago on the very first Christmas, it was not magical at all. If anything, it was far from that. I mean, you think about the Christmas story and you've got wise men and you've got uh, Mary who is a virgin giving birth and you've got Joseph who is betrothed. That word means engaged to Mary and, and she's giving birth to a child that technically isn't his, right? And then you've got King Herod and you've got Caesar Augustus and all of this stuff going on in life. It wasn't very magical at all. You know, one of the things I was doing as I was researching and preparing for today is I was, I was thinking about the star, how there's these wise men, and we don't know if it was two, three, five, or ten wise men, but the magi, they saw this new star appear in the sky, and astronomers believe that the star that they ended up seeing in the sky is now called Regulus because it had appeared out of the Leo uh, system, and if you know what Leo means, it means lion. It appeared out of the Leo system roughly 2,100, 2,000 to 2,100 years ago. And the thing that's interesting about Regulus is Regulus is so far that at the speed of light, it would have to, it would take approximately 77 years 
for it to leave the binary star and the light of Regulus to hit Earth. And today it is one of the brightest stars in the sky. And, and I think that that's interesting because if it was Regulus that the wise men ended up following, if it was that star that appeared and they said a king is being born right now, God had to allow Regulus to get set up into form and to start glowing 77 years before Jesus was ever born. And something else I think is interesting about Regulus is the name alone means prince or little king in Latin. And here you have on the very first Christmas, not just a baby, but a king that is being born for you and for me. And then these wise men, they would travel and they said, we have to find this new king. And they would go to Jerusalem and they would speak to King Herod. And, and King Herod was kind of like a king, but not really a king. He was just kind of put in this position of authority because he worked out an arrangement with Rome to where he could have authority, but he was still pledging, pledging his allegiance to Caesar. And the wise men, they came and, and they asked Herod about the king. Where's the king? We want to worship the king. And, and Herod's like, well, I'm the king. And they're like, no, no, no. We're talking about a, a, a baby, a baby that's being born. And of course, Herod, he's sitting there and he's like, what do you mean a baby being born? I'm the only king of the Jews, right? And, and this tension starts to rise up a little bit. And the wise men realize that through their conversations that they're talking not to someone who is, who is really believing and praying for the coming king or the Messiah. And, and so the wise men, they end up leaving, still searching for this king. But Herod becomes disgruntled in his heart. And he says, I don't want anyone to step on my power, on my authority, and so Herod called his men together and he ordered the execution of every male child two years and under. See, at the time of the birth of Jesus, it was not a quiet and, and starry night and, and, and frankincense and myrrh and, and you know, aromas and pepper, peppermint spice lattes and um, Christmas presents and reindeer coming and Santa Claus going, ho, ho, ho. It wasn't any of that. Jesus was born in the medical of political tension. You see, Israel had been captive to Rome. In Rome, uh, Caesar Augustus issues a decree called the Pax Romana, and the Pax Romana means peace to Rome. But the way that he brought peace to Rome was through military force. And so Caesar Augustus sent all of these legions out there to go to these smaller cities like Nazareth and Bethlehem and Jerusalem and to essentially go in there and to enforce the lordship of Caesar Augustus. And on top of that, it was not proper for a woman to, to become pregnant, especially an immaculate conception, the way that it ended up taking place, and no one would believe her. And, and here you have Joseph, and you've got Mary, and something interesting ends up taking place in it all. And I want to read from Luke chapter 2, but before we go into Luke chapter 2, I want to just read this part in Luke chapter 1, and I want to say this. When we hear about the story of the first Christmas, it seems a little much like a fairy tale. 
it seems like we've stepped into a Disney movie. But what we're about to read is not just from the Bible. It's from an ancient document written by a doctor by the name of Luke. And Luke took an orderly account of all of the events that happened, including the very first Christmas. He says this in Luke chapter 1, verse 1. He said, in as much or... Yeah, inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those from whom the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered to them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theopolis, him writing this letter to his friend that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have seen. And then he goes on in Luke chapter 2, the Christmas story as we know it. And he says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Canorius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. I want you to just look at the detail of that. Because it isn't once upon a time in Bethlehem many, many, many years ago, or once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away for our Star Wars lovers. Right? Um, he says, no. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. See, Caesar Augustus, and you can go back and look at this through the lens of history and see when Caesar Augustus issued this decree. And he issued a decree that everyone needs to return to their birthplace so that they could tax them. And all the people say amen to that, right? You know, you don't say amen to this, more taxes. Are you serious? Yeah, they paid taxes back then too. And, and so here you have this decree comes out and you've got Mary and, and, and Joseph and Mary's, you know, uh, eight months pregnant at this point. And it's like, oh my gosh, we've, we have to go to, to, to Bethlehem and, and Nazareth to Bethlehem. You know, it, it's, it's a day's drive, which means it's probably several days walking and sitting on a donkey. But it continues on and it, and it says this, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there is no place for them in the inn. Now, I want you to think about this. I have never been pregnant and I never believe that I will be pregnant. But for all of the ladies in here that have been pregnant, my wife can, can tell you that it's, it's about the eighth or ninth month. You just want that baby out of you. And y'all are like, yes, amen to that, you know? You just, you, and so here this decree comes down from Caesar Augustus. Mary's pregnant. Joseph isn't the father. He's the stepdad. And he's like, well, Mary, um, we can't call an Uber. So let's put you on a donkey and we're going to walk to Bethlehem because it's the city of David because I am from the house and the lineage of King David. And so here they are. They start this ferocious journey 
through the hills and the mountains of the Galilean region and into the desert where Bethlehem is sitting not too far outside of Jerusalem. And, and, and I just think about this. If you're pregnant, for the ladies in here, do you want to sit on a camel whenever you're nine months pregnant and you're waiting for that child to come out for days at a time? It's a little uncomfortable. I'm assuming it would be uncomfortable. I can't speak to it, but I'm assuming that it would be uncomfortable. And then they get to Bethlehem, and the whole town is packed full of people. This small little town is packed because all these people came back, and they go to the Holiday Inn, and they talk at the Holiday Inn. Hey, do you guys have room? No, we don't have any room. Are they? All right, well, let's go over here to the Marriott. The Marriott's definitely got to have, you know, some room. And so they're knocking, and, you know, Mr. Marriott, do you've got some room at the end? You know, my wife is with child. She's about to give birth. And, you know, the, the GM at Marriott shuts the door. He's like, you know, go, go try the La Quinta down the, the road. So they go down to the La Quinta down the road. And, and, and the next thing they know, they've gone to every hotel, right? Um, even the ones that, that, you know, are, you know, just real cheap. And, and everyone's like, there's no room. And then finally some guy comes up and he's like, hey, I see that you're looking for this hotel. You're looking for a hotel. I don't have a hotel, but I've got a, a stable Better yet, I've got a cave. That's what they think this would have been in, a cave. And, and there's some goats, and there's a cow in there, and maybe a donkey, and a horse. Nay, right? And Like, you, you want to go sleep over? The... Mary, what do you think? Joseph, you better find a bed for me right now, because this child is about to come. It's like, all right, we're... We'll take the stable. How much? Look, it's on the house. All right, thank you. All right. So they go to this stable inside this cave area, and she lays down, and she goes into labor pains. And in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the, of the, the political tension, in the middle of a decree coming down from King Herod to murder every baby two years and under, a miracle is born. A miracle is born that the angels say is good news for all people. Story goes and keeps going. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. I would too. If an angel appeared to me and was like, oh, I would be trembling. And don't tell me you wouldn't. Like, clearly you've never had an angel appear before you. You know, I mean, everywhere in scripture, it is they were filled with great fear. He, can, he continues on though. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory shone around them. They were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. This is, this is good news, and it's going to bring joy for all people. All people, including the person that you maybe didn't vote for, including the boss who laid you off last week, including the person who talked bad about you. This is good news for all people. All people. 
including the people who don't act or or do things the way that you would want them to do. This angel is saying to these shepherds, good news for all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is, and then he says this word right here, Christ the Lord. You see, Christ was just not a name. You know, Michael Moore, it wasn't Jesus Christ. That was his last name. It wasn't that. Christ was a a title, a position, an identity that was, was only available for one person, the Messiah, who would be the Savior of the world. And so when this angel said this, could you just imagine what's going through the shepherds' minds? Shepherds are like, first off, you've got this angel and like, fear not. And, you know, I don't know if angels talk like that, but, you know, it's probably a deeper voice. Fear not. But, you know, and, and you know, John and, and, you know, Timothy, they're sitting there and they're, you know, doing their shepherd thing, making sure the wolves don't come. And the next thing you know, good news for all people, the Christ, the one that you've been praying to for thousands of years. The, the one that you've been believing in to rescue the Israelites. The one that's going to bring balance and justice and order to the world. The one that's going to make a way and make all things right is born. And suddenly, oh, and it says this, and here will be a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is well pleased. And so if it isn't enough for a single angel to appear to you and tell you I've got good news for not only you guys, but for all people, for all of these people, and and here's how you're going to know, is baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, you know, and the shepherds are sitting there and like, this is really cool. And the next thing you know, they've got tens of thousands of angels that appear out of the sky. Like, you, you want to just talk about a, a culture shock for a moment. Like, could you just imagine what's going through? there? And, and this is what they say. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace, meaning that when we put our faith in Jesus, there should be peace that comes into our life. When we put our trust in Jesus, there should be peace that comes into our life. And and I just got to say this, of all the people that God would make the announcement that the Savior of the world is being born, it wasn't the religious elite, it wasn't Caesar Augustus, it wasn't people with a lot of money and a lot of stature in Rome. It was shepherds who, according to the religious custom, were not even allowed to worship in the temple because they were considered unclean. And what I love about that is God showed up through the angels and told them about the birth of the Christ and said, hey, a miracle's happened today. And what religion couldn't do, God made a way for What religion could not do, God made a way for. And it says this, when the angel went away from them into 
heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and a baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. In verse 20, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for what they had heard and seen and had been told to them. The shepherds. The shepherds were who God decided to make the announcement of the coming Messiah. You know, there's so much going on right now in Rome, this period. See, Caesar Augustus was the adopted son of Julius Caesar. And Julius Caesar, at the height of his power, the Senate voted to make him deity or a god to the Roman people. And so whenever Caesar Augustus took the empire, he became the son of deity or the son of God. And I think that that's interesting because here you have this star that was birthed 77 years before that let the wise men from the the east know about this coming king. And then Caesar Augustus, who the Romans considered the son of God, issues a decree for Mary and Joseph to go to Bethlehem so that the prophecies could be fulfilled and the true Son of God could be birthed in a manger and wrapped in swaddling clothes. See, what I love about that is I think about our day and age here in America, and not only in America, in our world, the political tension, the coronavirus, the uh, tension that's gone on. Is school's going to be open? Are they going to be shut down? Who's going to be the mayor? Who's going to be the, you know, there's all of this stuff that's going on in America. And if we look at it through the lens of the everyday people 2,000 years ago, it would have looked like all hope was falling away. But in the middle of all of that, God was working behind the scenes for there to be a miracle in the manger and hope to be born. You know, one of the other things that I love about this is that heaven came to earth through a baby and that baby would be the savior of the world. That baby would remove my sins, remove your sins and allow us to have right standing with our heavenly father regardless of where we've been, regardless of what we've done. Something that's interesting is you dive into the history of Bethlehem and the importance of the shepherds. Is the history of Bethlehem and the importance of the shepherds is Bethlehem is where they would raise the sheep that would ultimately be sacrificed at the temple. And what they would do is they would take the first male-born sheep of every, I guess, herd of sheep that were born. They would then take that sheep wrap him in swaddling clothes and set him aside so that he could one day be sacrificed for the sins of Israel. And here you have this baby that is being born at the place 
where the shepherds raised the livestock to be slaughtered in the temple. This baby that is being born, and they had nothing but a manger, and they took him and they wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Because one day, Jesus would be the sacrificial lamb for the sins of the world. The sacrificial lamb that will take away everything that you've ever done. The sacrificial lamb that takes away the thoughts that you've had, the anxiety that you've been dealing with, the addictions that you don't want to tell anyone about, the sacrificial lamb that will step into your business where you think that you can't tell anyone and trust anyone and say, hey, you think that this is what defines you, but I'm here to tell you I've wiped all of that clean and oh, by the way, I created you. I'm the one who gets to give you the identity. In the middle of the chaos, a miracle, a miracle took place and hope was born through a baby so that we could pray for him to save our lives and we could be ushered into a new kingdom, a new way where Jesus is king. I wanna invite you to stand up with me. Listen, I wanna encourage and challenge all of us that if you've never said yes to Jesus in your life, man, don't allow this Christmas, especially with the climate of our world, to go by without us recognizing who Jesus is. If you've never said yes to him in your life, if you're sitting there right now and you've got this gnawing feeling inside of you and, and, and you're just like, maybe your heart's racing, you're like, what is going on? Did I drink too much caffeine? Man, maybe that's God saying, hey, I love you and I brought you here today so that you could hear about how hope is born. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna invite you, if that is you, to just raise your hand right where you are if you wanna say yes to Jesus today. And if there's anyone who's watching online, we wanna invite you to say yes to Jesus today. And I wanna invite us all to just say this prayer. Dear Jesus, this Christmas, I give you my life. I accept your hope. I accept your peace and I accept your joy because I've sinned and I've messed up. I know that you can wash me clean because you are the sacrificial lamb. And so today I make you my savior. And I ask that you use me for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, we're gonna sing a song in just a moment. And if you need prayer,
for anything, or maybe you said that prayer and you just didn't have the courage to raise your hand, that's okay. We want to partner with you. We want to pray with you. And, and we want to allow there to be a miracle this Christmas season in your life, in Brooklyn, New York's life, and for God to do what only God can do. And so I'm just gonna close this out in a word of prayer and we're gonna sing a song. And during this time, if you need prayer, you can just come up to the front or if you're giving your life to Jesus, you can just come up to the front right now. And, and, and we wanna, again, just partner with you. And then the kids are gonna come out and they're gonna close out our Christmas experience today. So Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for a miracle in a manger. God, we thank you that hope is born. And Jesus, I just ask that right now that you would breathe miracles where there needs to be miracles, that you would, in Jesus' name, speak to us where we need to be spoken to. And Father, I just pray that no one leaves here without knowing you, the sacrificial lamb, this Christmas season. In Jesus' name. Amen. We pray that you were blessed by this word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at resurrectionchurchofny.com or give us a call at 718-436-0242 and be sure to follow us on Instagram at reschurchnyc. Take care and God bless.